Yes, yes, distinguished guests, and welcome back to the Desert Tiger Podcast. I am your host here on the DTP. My name is Colton G, and today I am joined by Scott Roberts, lead vocalist and guitarist of The Take. Who are The Take? I'm going to give you a quick introduction as to who they are very soon, but of course, before we get there, there's a few things I want to go ahead and do. First off, I want to go ahead and thank those of you who checked out last week's episode of the DTP, which featured Gord Depp of the Spoons. I actually got a ton of really good feedback about that episode. So I want to thank those of you who went ahead and sent all that mine way, who appreciated my conversation with Gord Depp. So thank you. Thank you very much. And of course, the last thing before we kick this off is I want to go ahead and tell you that today's episode of the DTP is brought to you, of course, by ILoveDTP.com. That is, of course, I-L-O-V-D-T-P.com. And that's because that's where you're going to go ahead and get yourself the newest and smoothest in Desert Tiger gear, swag, clothes, whatever you want to call it. It's where you're going to cop it. And you can wrap the show everywhere you go, in front of your friends, in front of your family, and heck, even in front of your enemies, because it's not like they're going to stop you from doing so. Am I right? you damn right I'm right. Oh, uh, yeah. So let's get into The Take and my guest today, Scott Roberts. The Take sees a trio of New York hardcore veterans combining with the idea of putting the punk back into hardcore punk. Going back to their roots while letting out a strong oi or two along the way, Comprised of guitarist and vocalist Scott Roberts, known for his time in the Spud, Monsters, and Biohazard. Drummer Will Shepler, that's right, legendary hardcore drummer Will Shepler, known for his time in bands such as Madball and Agnostic Front. And of course, the band is rounded out by bassist Carlos. I am going to majorly butcher Carlos's last name if I attempt to pronounce it. So we're just going to go ahead and tell you that Carlos is known for his time in bands such as Royal Hounds, Legion 76, and he is hella holding down the low end in The Take. The Take are fresh off the release of their debut self full-length album and are quickly finding their way into mosh pits and pubs all over with powerful anthemic hardcore punk. Born out of the desire to just enjoy playing and making music, the group was a long-distance project between Will Shepler and Scott Roberts, who spent a few years crafting the tracks found on the self-titled album, swapping recordings online, or traveling when able. The group originally planned to include Craig Satari of Sick of It All, but began to move forward when schedules were unable to match up due to Sikvitz All 30-year anniversary tour. The group would eventually end up recording, ca- recruiting Carlos on bass, finally rounding out the band and allowing them to start playing shows and touring, bringing their style of hardcore punk to all the blue-collar fans of the style all over. Fresh off of the group's first trip to Europe, Scott Roberts joins the DTP to discuss how he was brought into the take, what it was like to finally write whatever he wanted to again, 
And of course, the production of the album, because Scott was actually the producer behind the scenes on the album as well. So we're going to be getting into full detail about the takes full self-titled new album as they take a full step forward from the past of their own bands and set forward with the take. But of course, before we get there, you guys know that when we have a musician here on the show, we like to spin a track by them to give you a little bit of that extra introduction to them, that little bit of an extra understanding into their style, into who they are and what they're doing. So of course, we're going to be giving you a few tracks today off of that self-titled album from The Take. But of course, we're going to be kicking things off with the song we're going to be talking about later on during today's episode. And of course, this song is about anti-racism. I'm pretty sure you guys can get behind that cause. I know that I can. And as far as The Take is concerned, there's just no tolerance. Scott Roberts. This is. Hey, Scott. This is Colton Geschwaner from the Desert Tiger Podcast. How you doing? Colton, you said? Yes. Nice to meet you, Colton. How you doing? I am doing fantastic and very nice to meet you as well. How are you doing today? You guys just got back from the UK yesterday, eh? Uh, not the UK, but uh, Germany, yeah. Uh, I think it was two days ago. Yeah. But yeah, you know, doing good. That was a lot of fun, man. Ah, glad to hear it. You were over there with Agnostic Front, right? 
Yeah, uh, that's in November. We just did our own headlining thing. Ah, pretty much. Okay. We, we did a couple of little festivals, but most of it was our own headlining thing. Nice, nice. Getting a little bit of a following before you head back on out. Yeah, man. Awesome, awesome. All right, so we're here today to talk about the take. Cool. All right, so the take <laughs> be, is a little bit different from some of your other projects. A little bit of a change of pace. So, like, not only in sound, but also in your involvement, I guess I would say based on what I've read about the band. So how did you end up coming into the take? I guess let's start with that. Well, uh, drummer Will uh, was talking with uh, Craig Sitari from Sick of It All about uh, starting a new project because they were living close to each other at the time. They used to be in Ignacio Front together in the 80s. And uh, Will called me up and... Uh, asked me if I would be into doing it because they were talking about doing a hardcore power trio. So, you know, of course I say yes, but, you know, initially uh, I started writing stuff that was, you know, really old school, like uh, Ignacio Front, kind of like real fast hardcore, you know, because mm -hmm. that's what I had in my mind that we were going to do that, you know. But then I had a conversation with uh, with Craig, like, what, what style of music do you want to play? And he's like, well, whatever we feel. And I was like, why didn't I never think of that? You know? So <laughs> at, at that point it just started to change to like, I really didn't think about, you know, what it was going to be, whatever, just stuff just started coming out. It, just, it started changing to more like more punk and oi and, you know, hardcore in there still, but not so, mm -hmm. not just like a total hardcore band. Yeah. So, Coming from that and just immediately going to the idea of we're going to play like Agnostic Front, a band that the other two individuals had played in, was that just something that having been a session musician and filling in for so long that you were just used to writing in a specific style and you thought that that was sort of it? And then suddenly it was just like, oh, wow, I got to do what I want to do? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I never really thought about it. Like, that should just do whatever i always thought like well you know i want to do something like this or something like that you know? not not saying i wanted to just sound like some band but you know mm -hmm. i always had usually had some kind of picture in my head what i was trying to do right okay uh, and this i was thinking in the beginning of this i was thinking you know not just and not just front but just like uh you know like kind of early 80s hardcore, you know, like real hardcore punk, you know, not yeah. metal hardcore stuff, you know what I mean? But, uh, uh, like I said, that all changed when he said that to me. And I forget, I just stopped thinking about it and just whatever started coming out that I liked, I kept it, you know what I mean? <laughs> hmm. And, uh, you know, Will and uh, Craig both encouraged me, you know, and I uh, kept going. Craig ne never actually played with us, though. But he was, like, on tour all the time with Sick of It All. It was, I think it was their 30th anniversary tour or something like that. So they were on the road constantly. So eventually he just said, you know, you guys should get somebody else because he ain't going to be around. So that's when I called my friend Carlos from the 45 Adapters to play. Okay, so at what point did you guys actually start forming the idea of the take? Like, at what point were you called to join this band? Oh, it was like right in the beginning. It was 
probably early 2016, maybe. Oh, wow. I just left. Yeah, I left Biohazard at, like right before Christmas 2015. Okay, and I know that part of your reasoning for leaving Biohazard is you weren't really enjoying the experience and you weren't really writing music that you were enjoying. So now that you got to write something that was coming out and you were writing something that wasn't necessarily something that you had been doing for the last 20 years. How refreshing was that? That was great. (laughs) I could just do whatever I wanted and not really have to worry about it too much. You know, know, I'd run it by Will or whatever. What do you think? And he pretty much always said, yeah, it's great. So here you go. It's pretty cool, man. You know, like when I first wrote, I think the first song that I, it was a uh, like more real oil or whatever really punk was like uh elitist was one of the first ones i wrote uh probably the second third song i don't know that was going to be on the record and at that point i was like wow this is definitely something different a way different than i've done before and i can like really sing on it and you know i felt like i could do something a little different you know what i mean Mm-hmm. Kind of make my own my own stamp on things. Well, you know definitely that, and not rest on your laurels either, right? Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. So, at what point, like, were you guys in the writing process once Carlos was brought in? Did you guys already have quite a bit of the songs written and recorded, or where were things at in regards yeah. to that? That's yeah. He he came in. I don't know, maybe a year later or something. So. Yeah, there was quite a bit of stuff. At least half of the stuff I'd say was written, and we recorded like dem- Will and I were demoing the stuff, you know. But we were we weren't going real fast. We were just taking our time. I wasn't trying to rush any songs. I was just letting them happen whenever they happened, you know, like a real natural kind of way. You know, I wasn't like sitting down and going, "Okay, I have to write a song now." You know, you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. whenever whenever it hit me, and it came from I don't know where that happened you know what i mean so you know it took a couple of years to write for me to write the songs which is pretty normal for me though because usually i write just mainly just music but it usually take me a couple of years to write a whole record which is totally fair i mean you have other things going on both you and will are family men correct yeah family man work i work like crazy i work probably more than anybody you know <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 
Desert Tiger Podcast. So you uh, produced the self-titled album. Are you a producer by trade? Yeah, uh, you know, I used to work in a recording studio for a little while, and I guess I produced some stuff in the past. But it was just basically just, you know, there's there's no money in the record <laughs> recording industry anymore, not for little bands anyway. So I just figured out, you know, I'll I'll record it and then we'll shop it, you know, and. and I guess it was good enough to put out. So I didn't really want it to be too perfect anyways. This punk rock is supposed to be a little rough around the edges, you know what I mean? Well, definitely, exactly. Even in today's world of over-polished music in mostly ever genre, you want something that still has that raw element. Yeah. I want it to be powerful, but you know, a little, a little loose, a little raw, so it's definitely real and not, you know, like people... With Pro Tools now, with the computer stuff, they just cut everything up and make it all perfect. That drives me nuts. <laughs> I want to hear some mistakes. <laughs> mm-hmm. No doubt. Actually have some honesty and truth to the music. Make it feel more yeah. real. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. So you did the bulk of the song writing for the music. A lot of these songs are very anthemic of the hardcore and punk movements that they are a lot of going back to your roots oh yeah for sure i think all, all over the place like because like i said i wasn't like sitting there thinking it should be this or that so it was just whatever was coming out and i think it's probably anything that i've ever been influenced by like all kinds of different stuff you know it's just you know, there's like regular, some stuff's just rock and roll to me too, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I think it's kind of a, a culmination of everything, you know? Oh, lots of rock and roll, still some of that metal aspect of that a lot of the bands that most of the, or all of the members have played in different bands that had a lot of metal elements, and you still feel that in this album as well. A little bit, not too much, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. A couple things are definitely a little heavier, you know. Um, King of the World's pretty, that one's probably the heaviest one. It's got a little metal in it. But at the same time, it's kind of oi and hardcore, too, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. A lot of oi, hardcore, a lot of going back to the roots of having honor and respect and just exactly what is the skin movement and what it's supposed to represent. Yeah. I agree, man. Yeah. So the skin movement has, unfortunately, through different years and a lot of perception of media and other things has gone through a lot of bull and a lot of lies towards what, like, a lot of people, because there's a certain perception, but what actually is skin and i feel that this album represents that very well do you feel that there's any songs on this album that truly represent what the movement really is i would say in my opinion yeah Uh, a lot of people have a different opinion what it means right Mm -hmm. there's like an old saying that you ask 10 skinheads what it means and you'll get 11 answers so you know (laughs) you know it's i my take on it, I guess, right? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, to me, it's mainly about pride, you know, pride in yourself, 
pride in how you look, pride of what you are, you know, pride in being working class, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, pride in being working class and being a honest individual who just wants to have a good time and enjoy their friendship yeah. and family. Yeah, to me, to me, politics has nothing to do with it at all. That's politics is on you as a person, not anything you do with skinhead. You know what I mean? That's my opinion. It's enjoying it and having a good time and just being a hard-working individual is exactly what it's about. It's everything else is just what everyone brings to the movement themselves. That's their own perception. That's their own ideals. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the way I feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one song that I feel really tackles that well is No Tolerance. Yeah. Yeah, that's an anti-racist song, you know. That's, you know... I definitely wanted, with that one, I got inspired by some things that were going on that was pissing me off, but I definitely wanted to set the record straight right off the bat that we're not into all that crap, you know what I mean? We're not, we're not racist. We're an anti-racist band. I don't, you know, that's something that Ignacio Front had to deal with a lot back in the day, so it took him a long time to get away from that whole thing, you know what I mean? I wanted to uh, make sure... No one had any kind of questions where we were coming from. Mm-hmm. No doubt, because it really doesn't matter who's enjoying the good time or the music. It just matters that they're enjoying it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, like we said earlier, you guys are heading off back to Germany in the UK later off in November here. You guys are actually playing a few shows in Pennsylvania and Chicago, Illinois later on this week. What else is yeah. going on in the future for the take? Uh, we got some shows in October in Germany too, and then the Netherlands, and in uh, December we're gonna go to uh, California for three or four shows too. And uh, you know, things are starting to ramp up a little bit for next year, so I think a lot more, a lot more touring, and you know, I gotta start writing some more songs. <laughs> <laughs> keep keep this thing moving forward, you know what I mean? Now that you guys finally got signed and are starting to get attention, you might as well uh, keep that fire burning while while the coals are hot. Yeah, no doubt. All right, fantastic. Well, I can't wait to hear what new music comes from the future and hopefully some more bigger tours of North America and Europe in the future as well. Yeah, man. I'm excited. I, I can only imagine. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Scott. No problem. Thanks for having me. Enjoy your tour, mini tour that you guys have coming up this weekend and the upcoming tour of the Netherlands, in other words. And until then, I mean, enjoy working your ass off. <laughs> All right. I love it. It's great. Thanks. Ah, I appreciate you. Uh, you too, man.
just heard is entitled Revolution Now, and the song you heard in the middle of the show is called Elitist. Both songs can be found on The Take's self-titled debut full-length album, and you can also find music videos for these songs over on The Take's YouTube page. Both of these videos were both shot by legendary hardcore music video producer Drew Stone. All right, everybody, and with that, we are coming near the end of another exciting episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. This, of course, being episode 80, featuring my guest here today, Scott Roberts of The Take. I want to go ahead and take this moment to give one last huge DTP thank you for Scott Roberts for joining me here on today's episode to speak everything about the band and I'm extremely thankful for him taking the time pretty much right in between getting off the road from the UK and before the band heads to Chicago, Illinois to play Midwest Live and Loud. That's actually going to be this day, the day that this episode drops on August the 29th. Maybe if you're in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, maybe you want to go and check the take, the Bad Ups, Tantrum, and Hometown Ghosts here on the 30th, that of course being Friday, and on Saturday, the last day of August 2019, you can catch the take over in Erie, Pennsylvania, as well with Human Animal and Save Yourself, if you're one of those people in the UK who missed the take while they were recently over there, have no fear, because in November, the band is going to be heading your way soon, playing a show in Germany with Agnostic Front, and of course, Agnostic Front and The Take are also going to be heading to Belfast, Glasgow, Birmingham, and London during that trip as well. So if you're in those areas and you want to catch them in November, you definitely want to head on over to The Take's Facebook page or even their website. That, of course, being The Take New York City. I also want to go ahead and thank Jerry Graham for helping set up this week's episode of the DTP. I think this is the first time we've had somebody featured on the show, thanks to Mr. Jerry Graham. And of course, next week, he's also going to be helping present another guest here on the DTP. But we're going to be getting into who that is right away here. Before that, though, I want to thank you. That's right, you. The listener here of this episode, this episode 80 of the Desert Tiger Podcast for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you heard today and have yet to subscribe or follow the show, what are you waiting for? Go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever service you happen to be listening to. If you enjoyed this episode so much that you're feeling willing to share it on your social media or even tell your friends about it when you see them next time in person, that would make me extremely ecstatic and I would appreciate that extremely much. If you want to take another step further in those free options of supporting the show, you can review and rate the show on iTunes and Stitcher. Of course, we have a solid five-star rating over there, and I would appreciate it if you would go on over and give us another five-star rating because that helps us grow, that helps us rank on the charts on iTunes and Stitcher, which in turn helps us get better guests, you guys, and I know that you want that, and if you want to take it one step further, you know the place, you know where it is, 
iHeartDTP.com. iHeartDTP. I love DTP.com. I-L-O-V-E-D-T-P.com is the place where you're going to cop yourself the freshest in Desert Tiger Podcast swag, clothing, gear, whatever you want to call it. That's where you're going to find it so that you can rep the show everywhere you go. In front of your friends, in front of your family, and hell, in front of your enemies because they can't stop you from doing what you do and achieving your dreams, baby, from climbing to the top of your mountain and looking down at them and laughing and laughing in their damn face. But guess what? You're not going to want to because it just feels so good when you on top. All right, you guys. Next week on the show, I am joined by Shelby Circa. Who is Shelby Circa, you ask? Well, Shelby Circa just so happens to be the head of a label known as Swedish Columbia, which focuses on video game-inspired music and has even done a couple video game soundtracks themselves. One game that you may have heard of that they have done the soundtrack for is known as Hotline Miami 2, Wrong Number, a game I know I have a lot of friends who enjoy. Maybe it's a game that you enjoy too, so maybe you're going to want to tune in next week when I'm joined by Shelby Circa of Swedish Columbia. But until then, bye bye